0: is up fat Guy forum listeners this is gourmet with a quick note before we get into this week's episode a couple things first i am very excited that this week two new things are happening one this episode features the updated fat Guy forum fat Guy five questions two if you are a member of the patreon the after show starts now so this week going forward will be the brand new Fackeye forum after show exclusive to patreons so if you are not signed up Check out the link in the the notes of this episode. Get yourself signed up so you can get access to that extra content involving the show. I'm excited to finally getting it launched and in your hands. So let's move forward with that. That'll be exciting. And if you're not into Patreon and you still want to support the show, don't forget we have the affiliate links in the show notes for Redmond and Kettle and Fire Broths. If you use either of those codes, that helps support us keeping the show on the air as well. So that's all, my friends. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host Gourmet, and today I'm the guest too. I'm all all of that wrapped up in one. We are doing another solo episode of this show this week. I figured with the holiday and trying to get recording schedules together, this just made sense. It's one that I've been wanting to do for a while, so I thought, you know, why not do it? So what we're going to talk about, if you've seen the title of the episode, you've paid attention to that, or you looked at the cover art or you saw me post on Instagram, you know we're gonna talk about social media. We're gonna talk about, you know, I call the episode how healthy is social media, but really it's it's gonna be about what the you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that of our social media experiences right now. Specifically when you're talking about sharing your journey, your, you know, your weight loss, your health, your fitness journey and experiencing those of others. You know that whole that's what social media is, you know, it's a share space but it's also an interaction space. So we're going to dive into all of that. First, I thought it would be interesting to talk a couple statistics. I did some research and on Sprout Social I found an article that said that as of January of this year, 3.96 billion users exist across all social media platforms. To put that in context, right now, today, where we are, there are 7.84 billion people on the planet. So a little more than half the people on the planet exist somewhere in the social media space. The average user is using seven networks. So I don't even think I'm using seven networks, so that means there's people using more. So seven networks... And the average adult, so we're not talking kids, we're talking adults, is using social media for 95 minutes a day on average. 95 minutes a day. Also, if you're interested, um, TikTok is the fastest growing platform. Facebook is the slowest, you know, not fastest receding, I guess is the best way to put it. They've had the biggest drop over the past couple of years. TikTok has seen the most growth. And Instagram, the space I primarily exist on and interact with a lot of you in, currently has crossed over 2 billion users. So over 2 billion people are using Instagram. So it's, there's there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people out there in, in all of these spaces, as you know. So what? how do we approach this? To be honest with you, I, I recorded this episode already and had some tech issues with the sound. So... I'm re-recording, and it gave me some thoughts on structuring the episode, like how to kind of dive into these topics. And initially, I had done like the good alone, the bad alone, you know, and then kind of came together on them. And I realized like there's a lot of flip sides to these issues. Like if it goes in one direction, it could be a good thing. If it goes in the other, it can be a bad thing. So I thought it would be good for us to dive into it just all at once, you know, get right into the pool and go from there. What we are going to do however is I'm going to start I put a question box out on Instagram actually twice and pulled a lot of responses like what do you think are the good and the bad parts of social media space. So we're going to dive into those and then after that I'm going to come in with with my thoughts. Obviously it's my podcast. One of the answers that <laughs> was given in the box really I think is a disclaimer for the episode and that's that everyone has an opinion and that's one of the big things that social media will dive into that response how I think it relates to what we're talking about but I want you to realize that a lot of what I'm going to say today is your opinions my opinions and the opinions of others and it might not be something you 100% agree with and that's fantastic you know <laughs> I honestly think you know they're the i <clears throat> excuse me the idea of debate and discussion in the social media space is lost in a lot of ways and so if you vehemently disagree with something that i say today or have strong feelings on it i would love 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 to hear from you i'd love to you know start a little dialogue with you on this so think about that <clears throat> as you're listening and l- let's get into some of this like one of the things that several people said in response to the question of of you know what's the good and the bad on on the internet was a good thing, and that's that you learn about new tools, new programs, you get to see how other people are using the same tools that you're using, you know it's it's exposure to new information, and that's a great thing, and you know especially like I look at you know my niche in terms of my my personal development in the keto space, and realize that. There are so many different ways to approach a ketogenic diet, and I see all of that on social media. I see people putting it into action. I get to see new tricks, new tools. You know, I hate the word hacks, but you see hacks. You see all those sorts of things, and it can really help you in your own development. It can be great to get that exposure. But there is a flip side to this one that was, was pointed out by a, a friend of mine who was a coach, you know, and what, what she said was it pushes people – to jump to new trends, even though what they're doing is working, you know, especially in the weight loss space, like you're on track, your progress may not be going as fast as you'd like it to be, but you're still progressing, which honestly is, is probably fantastic in and of itself. And you see oh wait a minute, this person's doing this, or they eliminated that or this person introduced this new program, or here's this product I could try or here's this thing. And instead of giving what you're doing a chance to actually see if it's working for you, people will trend jump. You know, it's, I'm keto today, I'm Weight Watchers tomorrow, the next day I'm going to be carnivore, the next day I'm going to do something else. Instead of seeing if any of those programs or plans actually work for them, you know, because, what's the best way to put this? It's like, the grass is always greener on the other side, the shiny new toy in the store window You see this thing that is making promises or someone's experience is is making promises to you and you decide, well, I should give up what I'm doing. Instead of saying, is what I'm doing working? Am I okay? You know, that idea of it causing a, a second guessing thing is one of those things that I just think is really one of the negatives of social media. Like we get exposed to so much information, but with lack of filtering to it, it's really easy to get distracted and lose sight of what we're actually working on. So something to think about had several people share that they think one of the great things about social media is that you get to build community. You get to connect with like-minded people. You get to like connect with people on similar journeys. You get to, you know, in some ways find a space where you can share things that you might not be able to share yet with people in your life for whatever reason that is, you know, it can be hard to talk to, you know, face-to-face friends and family about the challenges that you're facing, you know, with the things you're going through. And the anonymity, even though your name can be attached to it sometimes, the anonymity of the social space allows you to be a bit freer, allows you to share things, allows you to open up and give you a chance to build that connection and communities form. You know, there is a strong thriving keto community and within that <laughs> even within that keto community, there're subsets, you know, there's the carnivore folk. There's the people that approach net carbs or the people that are clean food, you know, all of those things. There's weight loss surgery communities, There, you know, and there are subsets in there, you know, the VSG community. There are people that focus on bodybuilding. There are people that focus on CrossFit. There are people that focus on cardio and running and runner's groups and all of those different communities exist. And, and I think finding a place in there or building your own is one of the f- most fantastic things about uh, social media. I know for me, when I first started keto, there weren't as many people. You know, there weren't as many people there, kind of talking about it in the social space. So, building connections with the people that did was really important to me. And then seeing that orga- organizations exist that were bringing people together in person, and the growth in all of all of those ways uh, was fantastic to see. And it exists not just for people who are keto, you know, it it exists for everyone there. You know, the online space could be a great place to build that sense of community, to make real friends, you know, those sorts of pieces. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that later on. But one of the things that it does do is we get so involved with online communities that it ties us more to our phones and we're less present in our day-to-day lives face-to-face with people. And so there is a negative there, you know, when, your validation and your support and your sounding boards and all of that just exist in a virtual space. You know, they're real people. So we all, at first, I, I think if this was a couple of years ago, we'd be talking about is social media real or not? We know it's a real thing. We know it's something that we use in our lives. And now it's thinking about, am I staying within the social space because I'm afraid of bringing it into my quote unquote real life? Is it something that I'm trying to keep separate. Are there reasons? What are those challenges? And how much time am I spending on my phone? Um, in that article, I, I cited, you know, it said 95 minutes a day on social media. I, I think that means there's people out there probably spending a minute or two on social media with the amount of time I can find myself on there sometimes. And I know you can probably think about that yourself. 95 minutes is just a little over an hour and a half. And while that seems might seem like a lot when it's put down on paper, I think some of us are spending more time there. So just something to think about. I'm going, I feel like I'm gonna say that a lot and I don't really mean to. You're just something to think about. That's not the catchphrase of the episode, but in a lot of ways it is. You know, This is really to drive what are your real perspectives and feelings about social media? Like what's going on for you with it? So as we go through some more of this, like think about that for yourself. Like what are the things that are the positives and the negatives for you? One of the things that came up on both sides of the aisle uh, when it comes to social media, is products and sales and pushing things, and are people pushing too many products? Are people giving honest reviews? How do I know how to trust a review? You know, all of those things. And I think that's the mire of the fact that a lot of business now happens on social media. There are, co- you know, companies are, are now spending more money on advertising in the social media space, you know, through organic content creation than they are for things like Facebook ads, and, and you know, which then translates into Instagram ads and things along those lines. Like, it is a space of commerce, in a lot of ways. I do. I'm, I'm a participant, you know, there are, you know, I, I affiliate with a couple of products that I use every day in my life. And there are, you know, every so often, I get something new to try and I share it. And, you know, yes, are they sending it to me to share with you? Yes. Uh, Do I share my honest opinion? I I, I do my best to. I feel like I do. But I think it's that place of authenticity versus inauthenticity, you know, that challenges us. And sometimes if a person is dropping eight to 10 posts a day about different products with a code and a link, it starts to feel like, okay, are they really using all of these things every day? Or is it just something they're doing to make money? And I don't fault anyone using the social media space to make money. I want to speak, though, to you all on the other side of that, to the consumers, and realize that at the end of the day, you should only really be buying things that you feel like you're actually going to need and you're going to use and that you can put some trust in. If a product makes a promise, investigate that. Don't just take the word of someone you see talking about it online as the end-all be-all of that. Really look into it. Look for reviews, things along those lines. Like, Also, I think one of the good things in this is, though, you have people that you've been following for a while, that you interact with, that you communicate with. You trust them as people. You may consider them a friend. And if they recommend a product, there's there's some trust there. You know, There's this idea of like, do I trust what this person is sharing? And usually I think the answer is going to be yes. Like I believe the authentic experience of, of my friends sharing products. I don't buy every product because I don't need them all. But if something speaks to me and it feels like something that would be useful to me in my life, if I see someone that I know talking about it, I feel that sense of connection. And studies have actually been done showing that people feel a more genuine connection to a product if someone they know uses it, uses it and talks about it. I mean, we do it all the time offline. You know, I found this at the store the other day. You should check it out. Or this happens. You know, or I went into Target and I saw this there and it's on sale right now. Go grab it. Like, I, I think most of the time people are, are sharing things with a, a sense of I really want to share something that, you know, I care about. <laughs> I know there's people probably laughing at me right now because you know there are people that are just putting pushing things that they don't use, that are just there for them to try to make a profit off of them. You know, the idea that they're, you know, especially when you dive into like the supplement space, the claims can be kind of crazy and all over the place. And that's when I, I want you to have your critical thinking hats on, you know, to think about, does it really, you know, they're saying that that product, Tomic, targets abdominal fat. And if you take this pill for 30 days, you're going to lose abdominal fat. And the person pushing it clearly is gifted genetically, works out probably more than you sitting there yourself, and has probably never even really used the product. Maybe they have, but probably not gotten the result that they're talking about. So just think about authenticity, and what does that mean for you? I don't think there is one metric where you can say, I trust this person, I don't trust that person. I think at the end of the day, it's really about, you know, what is that feeling for you as a person? And when I say, I think I don't think I phrased what I was just trying to say that well. Like what I mean is I can't tell you how you can determine if you can trust someone or not. That's something only you can decide. But don't be afraid to trust people. Don't be afraid to, you know, interact with, ask questions. And especially if you're interacting with a company, you have a question about their product and they don't want to answer it. That sets up some red flags for me. So that is something that I would think about when we're in talking about that space of products. And similar to products, you know, is this this other area of the social space where people, you know, quote unquote experts, quote unquote influencers, make blanket statements about things um, like if you eat this way, you'll definitely lose, you know, 30 pounds in a month. This is the one thing that is causing you to gain weight. This is the one thing that will cause you to lose weight. You're going to notice that often those statements are only backed up by personal experience, anecdotes they're sharing about a person they know, um, and you're not really going to see it attached to. Well, this is where I got my information from. This is the, you know, the footnote. You know, this is the study that I read. You know, that was interpreted for me, or I interpreted, or a book I read, or where that information comes from. You know, the way one of the respondents to my question put it was you know, 95% of social media is bullshit with no backing. Uh, The idea that people are going to say, well, just do this. You know, I see it when it's when there's a lot of talk like, if you have lemon water in the morning, it's going to speed up your metabolism. And you say to that person, like, how do you know that? And they're like, well, I started drinking lemon water and I lost weight. And then if you were to kind of expand it, well, what else did you change and do at that time? You know, we cut what is it's, Correlation isn't causation, um, is is kind of the the phrase to think about. You know, is something actually the cause of the result a person is getting, or did it happen as a cascade of things that that person was doing? You know, where is that information coming from? You know, there. One of the great things on the flip side of this on social media is that it is a platform where you can share research, you can share information that you learn. You sh- you read a book that teaches you something, and you want to share it with people. I I think it's important, you know, on both sides of that, like I said, to put your critical thinking hats on and does this information sound too good to be true? Is this information actually feel like it's grounded in something or is it a claim that a person is making? And we see this happen a lot when it comes to whether certain foods and ingredients have a negative impact on our bodies. You know, dive into the world of the impacts of different oils on the body, you know, seed oils versus you know animal fats things along those lines there are people who are vehemently going to tell you that vegetable oil will kill you or that animal fat will kill you like do your research think about what is best for you and, and 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 this is where some of those people that are very much into that place of I need a study to back up everything they say is is going to disagree with me but I do think sometimes it's okay to try things as long as it's not something that's damaging to yourself your psyche your emotional well-being, your physical well-being, and see if it gives you the result that you're looking for. You know, it may allow you to take better steps in other areas by making different changes. You know, it's, I, I think one of the big things I see right now as a person in the keto space is a lot of people outside of the keto space making a claim that keto tries to tell you that it's carbs that are making you fat. And they're like, it's not carbs that are making you fat, it's excess calories. And I'm, Someone who personally has never said that carbs are the devil, you know, that there's something inherently evil about carbohydrates. What I have said is that carbohydrates exist in abundance in a lot of products that were things that I found hyper palatable and and not satiating and put me into that place of overeating. And, you know, obviously with emotional and psychological issues related to food and things along those lines outside of it. When I reduced carbs, upped my healthy fat, upped my protein, I found relief from some of those cravings, from some of those intense feelings I had around food. Now, that's what happened for me. That's what helped me get into the caloric deficit I needed to lose weight. Another person might not have to do that, and I think that that is fantastic. So it doesn't mean that I'm saying that this is what every person has to do to lose weight. I'm saying this is what I did that helped me. This is what I have seen helped other people. If you think it's something that you want to try, make that decision for yourself and see what happens. You know, the same way with if you want to follow, you know, an If It Fits Your Macros program or portion control. You know, if you're someone who hasn't struggled with portion control and you can do that and still continue to eat every food out there, fantastic. But don't then say, this is the one way that's going to work. This is the one thing that is going to work for people. Because as human beings, we are looking for those um, magic pills. We're looking for those one answers. And the reality is the, it's, it's going to be a lot more about trial and error for ourselves. It's going to be a lot more about doing the things that we need to do as people and making a lot of habitual changes and finding the tools that help us make those habitual changes. So for yourself, remember, it's okay to look at what someone is saying but don't always take that statement as the end-all be-all. Realize that sometimes people are making statements that are hyperbole or just are plain, not even true about their own experience. So look for a source, ask a person about what they're saying, and and don't be afraid to have a little bit of a debate. And really, this is a facet of, of social media that has to do with the fact that there are so many voices on there. And there are so many voices with different experiences. And you have to realize that sometimes you're gonna hear contradictory information from people. So you have to try to put it into perspective for yourself. And you have to try to figure out what what in this information is useful for me and what is something that might not be useful? You know, Is this something that I can apply to my experience? Does it seem like there's something similar going on for me? Or is this something that I just need to leave as someone said that and I'm gonna move past it? You know, be willing to identify contradictions. Be willing to say, this is, this is me and this is my experience and I'm going to allow someone else's to be theirs. And I think that comes into play with this because I think often it's, it's not just that people are making statements that aren't backed up, you know, by solid information. It's got even more to do with they're making statements that are back, based in their personal experience. And they're taking their personal experience and owning it as something that applies to everyone. And I don't think that that is ever really a positive thing. So if, on the flip side, you're thinking about sharing your journey and what worked best for you, share that authentically, share that in your voice, but also realize that if it doesn't work for someone else, that's okay. Being okay with that. Being okay with the fact that not every person is going to walk this path the same way is so, so important. And you know to kind of wrap up this little bit of rambling if you hear something that you're interested in research it you know look into the pros and cons and do your best to actually be open to seek out that information yourself don't just accept what you're handed look to be an active participant in your health look to find different resources that back up what you're trying that speak to your experience and and take it from there but don't just ever hear someone else say something and say that's exactly me and that's exactly what I need to do because I think that that is when we start to run into trouble. And it's also something that a lot of people talked about um, when they were talking about one of the challenges of the social media space and that's when you fall into that trap of comparing your journey to someone else's. And I think this is different from what I was just talking about. What this really is about is you see someone else getting the results that you want regardless of context. And so you, you know, look at your, I'm not forming my thought properly. You see someone else getting results that you want, and they're not results that you're getting. So you start to think that you're doing something wrong, or that you're bad, or that you need to change everything that you're doing, because you're not losing x pounds as fast as this person, or not losing, you know, x pounds in a year that this person did. Like, when we start to compare ourselves to others unless that person is a twin and has lived you know in the, in the same home gone to the same schools gone through the same work you know all of those things you know the comparison ends up being a fallacy so don't fall into that comparison trap you know that is one of the big negatives of social media the idea that it is fantastic that we're all out there sharing our journeys and this is the positive side of it is that it's a place for us to share our stories it's a place for us to be inspired and to inspire others. But when you look at another person's story and another person's journey, don't always try to exactly line yourself up with it. This is one of the things you know that I've dealt with over the years when people will look at my experience and one of their immediate questions is, what are your macros? How many calories are you eating? What exactly are you doing? And often I'm like, well, I'm a man in his 40s who has been – this amount of weight overweight my entire life, you are, you know, I'll use an example. You're a woman in your 20s, who has significantly less weight to lose, you're in a completely different place than I am. So my macros have nothing to do with you. Or even if you're another 40 something man, still, our activity levels could be different. You know, our general, how many, how many calories our bodies need to exist can be different. So realize that, Asking someone for their exact macros is never going to lead you to a good result. You know, I think you can ask about percentages, you know, especially if we're talking about someone in a ketogenic space or in an if it fits your macro space, like what percentage of fat are you eating that worked best for you? What percentage of protein? How many carbs are you eating? Like that sort of thing. But asking someone else for their specific macros is, is never going to lead to a great answer because it's not going to be helpful. Because when we compare ourselves to other people and we want to get the exact same results we did, we focus too much kerneling in on the, specific, the specifics of what they did instead of looking at maybe the habits that they built and the things that they do every day. What are their daily non-negotiables? And does that fit into your life? You know, it's, it's that meme where, you know, the personal trainer says to, you know, the mother of, of three children, father of three children working a full-time job, you know, everyone has the same amount of time in a day. You know, at the end of the day, we do all have the same number of hours, but we don't all have the same commitments and responsibilities and the things that we need to take care of every day that need to take priority sometimes over other things that we want to do. So realizing that fitting your story into someone else's is probably not going to get you anywhere. But you can look to that person's story to learn, gain some inspiration because they may not have lived the same exact experience you have, but they've achieved a goal that you want to achieve, and they may be able to share some insight on how they did it and move from that place. The same thing with sharing your story. You know, if people are starting to ask you really specific questions that you know have zero to do with what's going on for them, being kind and considerate, but also saying that that information isn't going to help you, so I don't think I should share that. This is what I think you should think about instead. And it's their choice how to handle that information. It's got nothing to do with you. So don't fall into that comparison trap, but it is one of the big challenges in the social media space because these are platforms about sharing. These are platforms about giving out our experiences and allowing other people to digest it and interpret it and have their questions and all of those things. You know, At the same time, somebody to think about is the fact that social media in general is is a curated experience. That was an answer I got from several different people. The idea that people just share their wins and don't share their losses. I think that that you know, speaks to something that I want to get into in a minute, but also that is something for you to realize, that if a person looks like they're living a perfect life, they're probably not. Realize that we choose what we put on social media, and why we make those choices can be something we need to think about and something I do want to talk about but realize that it is curated, a curated experience. And that is something that I almost feel like is a neutral thing in the end because it has an impact on many different levels, good and bad, but it is just a reality of the social media space. One of the things that can come out of that, though, is that there are times, and (laughs) and this is certainly not everyone out there, but you're going to see people on social media who are, disingenuous about their process. You know, they used one tool to achieve their goal. But now maybe they're financially linked to another product. So they want you to use that product to achieve your goals, because they're going to make some money off of it. And it doesn't necessarily speak to their story. But they still feel like they can kind of start to kind of pull back some of those details just enough so you don't start to question it. You know, this can also create unrealistic expectations especially if you're someone in that area of the, of the fitness space where you're looking at like stage competition and bodybuilding. And there are some people that are very open about whether or not they use, they use performance-enhancing drugs. There are some people that to all visual inspection may appear that they are, but they say that they don't. And all you can do really at the end of the day is look at what a person is communicating and you make a decision about whether you feel like it's honest or not. Are there some people that are dishonest? Sure. Are there others that are honest? Of course. And again, that's that thing in the social media space. There's there's a yin and a yang to a lot of things. But realizing that there may be times where a person is not giving you the full information and only you can determine what you're going to do when you find yourself in that situation. And I feel like a lot of what I've just been talking about the past couple minutes is about how you interpret what's presented to you, you know, and the veracity of what's presented to you, you know, so I kind of want to flip it around a little bit and talk about the fact that I I said earlier at the start of the episode that everyone has an opinion was one of the responses that I I got to my question box. And I, I read that. And when I first read it, I immediately went to the negative. I think that's just where my head was when I read it. And then I also realized that there's something really positive about that too. And that's the fact that social media is a space of discourse, social media is a space where we can debate things, you know, all of that. And that extends so far beyond just health and fitness. So I want to keep it health and fitness focused for the podcast. What I want you to think about is how everyone having an opinion one affects you when you present your information on social media when you're sharing your story. Like what does that mean? It means that you can open yourself up to those opinions. Some are going to be negative and some are going to be positive. Social media can be an incredible space to get positive feedback on changes you're making in your life, goals you're hitting, things you're doing really well, things that you need to tweak, things you need help with. You know, you can get a lot of opinions if you ask questions. It also can open you up to the negative side of it, which the negative side of everyone having an opinion is there's no filter on those opinions. So sometimes if a person's having a bad day, they may give you a very negative response, you know like when someone shares a victory that they had and immediately gets a comment that's like, what's so special about you? Or that's not a big deal. Or you should have done this instead. You know, I've dealt with that with clients where we're talking about, you know, them increasing, you know, working on their physical activity. And someone who I had been working with had been getting around 2,000 steps a day on average and was working on building that up. Actually, you know, going from that baseline and building it up to 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 which I think is incredible, and they were getting comments from people like, well, you should be doing 10, you should be doing 15, and realizing that immediately everyone having an opinion means they're going to have an opinion on whether something's good or something's bad, and they're going to share it, and that, you know, is that place on social media where we open ourselves up to comments. We open ourselves up to responses that may be helpful or may in the end be hurtful, and so you have to remember, you know, go back to that place of all I can choose to do in response to a comment is is my own reaction. I can only control my own reaction. I can't control what other people are saying. I can't control those opinions. I can just control what I put out there and how I respond to what comes back to me. And if you're putting things out there and getting a negative response and need to take, you know, time to protect yourself, do that. Like, understand that You owe, what's the best way to phrase this? You don't owe anyone anything when it comes to social media. Your interaction in the social media space, your participation is completely voluntary. It's something that you're choosing to do. So if there are times where you have to choose to say, I'm not going to share something, or I don't feel like this is the right space for me right now, that's completely okay. You make that determination. No one else makes that determination. Realize also that their negative opinions don't hold weight for you you know if if there's a sting of truth in something someone says yes of course kind of dig into that for yourself but also realize you can take someone's opinion and throw it away like you don't have to believe everyone's opinion 100% you don't have to take them and apply them to your life you get to control that so realize that the idea that we can express our opinions freely is powerful and important in social media. Like I would never tell someone to, to hold themselves back, you know, any of those things. But I would say, think about the the person that you're saying it to, is what you're saying something that you would want to hear in response to what you, if you put that, that certain piece of information out there, is this something helpful or is it a knee jerk reaction Is it something I'm just saying because I'm in a bad mood, so I want everyone else to be in a bad mood? Am I saying something to be purposely hurtful? You know, I control what I say. I control how I share my opinions. So I I think giving some thought, because often there's very little thought between the translation of an answer appearing in our heads and our fingers starting to type it. You know, I think if we all gave some more thought into how we responded to what people put out there, you know, it, it would be a friendlier space at the very least, but realize, I don't get to make that decision. <laughs> I can say that's my opinion, but I don't get to tell all of you what to do. You get to have your opinions, and that's really powerful. And navigating that can be what's messy. Navigating how people respond to what you put out there can be a really, really hard, hard challenge. And know that it's okay that it's hard, and that that's a part of this. You know, just think about that a little bit. Um, something else... And it's funny because this came up a little bit during the episode I just did with Poro and definitely came up in the Patreon after show when we were talking about it. But uh, one of the responses I got was that people chasing trends makes things feel less genuine. You know, and I mean specifically, I, I mean, it's not my answer. They specifically meant social media trends, not like dietary trends or things along those lines. You know, the the everyone doing the real with the same sound, everyone doing a post with the same type of image or clicking through one of those boxes and sharing things. Like there's this idea that these things are meant to help create, um, what is it? Like create more, I guess, more experiences for us to interact with, more connection, all of that. But in the end, you know, that can start to feel a little repetitive and it starts to feel like, why is a person doing this? Is it because it's something that genuinely spoke to them or are they in that place of trying to get more views, get more followers, get more interaction, which it's normal to want that. And I'm actually going to talk about that in a little bit too, but it does sometimes, you know, for me personally, I'm just going to state my opinion. Like when I see six people in a row using the same sound and the same, you know, overlay of words because that's, what's trending, it's like, ugh, like, Did you feel genuinely motivated to create that? Or are you doing it because you're hoping that yours is going to be the one that hits? And I I think honestly answering that question, you know, there may be someone who says, you know, it really spoke to me. And so I wanted to share my, you know, it felt like a great way for me to share my experience. And there may be someone who says, you know what? I did that before. And, you know, it caused a spike in my follower count. So I get to share my genuine, you know, content with more people. So if I do these things, it helps me reach more people. I applaud all of that. But I also get to interpret it, you know, and interpret my experience with it and you get to interpret your experience with it. So realize that that you know, at the end of the day it's all okay. But someone may like it, someone may not like it. Hey, everyone has an opinion, like I just said. Realize that that that's a part of this and that it's okay, you know, not everyone's going to love everything that you do and sometimes everyone will. Dealing with the ramifications of that is something you deal with personally, you know. So that kind of wraps up what you all shared in the question box. Like, I combined a lot of responses because they were very, very, very similar, but I appreciate everyone who took the time. I do now want to kind of cover some things that I think are important. And Patreons, don't worry. Without a guest, I'm still going to do an after show this week where I talk about five things that I think you should consider when you're sharing your journey online. And if you're not a Patreon and you want to hear my opinion on that, I don't know why you would. <laughs> um, like, I don't know who I am, but I'm just someone who's who's gone through this experience. If that is something that interests you, joining the Patreon at any tier will get you access to that after show. But let's move into kind of my kind of some general thoughts on social media that I don't feel like we're 100% covered or I want to come back to. And one, I think the biggest thing to take into mind when it comes to approaching social media, and really when it comes to approaching any source of information in your life, the, the biggest overall thing I want you to think about is being mindful. Be mindful and smart about what you digest. Use the things that are good for you and discard the things that aren't. Don't take all information at face value. Be willing to do some research, like I said earlier. I will hammer that home till the day I die you are the driver of your ship. You need to be empowered to actually dig in and look up the things that you're doing and have an understanding. If you're following someone and they post something you have a question about, ask them about it. If you're working with a coach and they're having you do something you don't understand, ask them about it. Be empowered to ask the questions, look for the information that you need and to look elsewhere if you need to do that. Be mindful. Understand what the social media space is and Think about it when you, when you try to interpret that information for yourself and put it to use in your life. Um, I, I think one of the things that is underlining some of the responses to what are some of the great things about social media, and honestly, I think with the question box that people went more to a negative place because I think that's an easier thing to think about. Um, I think it's the more heated side of it. But I think that social media is a powerful tool for accountability if you use it like any tool. You know, journaling is fantastic, but if you don't journal, it's not going to be a great tool for you. You know, tracking and calorie counting are powerful tools, but if you're not going to use them, they're not going to be good for you. Same thing with social media and accountability in social media. If sharing what you're doing, what your goals are, and what you're doing to get to those goals helps you stick to them, then I think that that is fantastic. But don't lose sight if 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 you're doing it and it's helping And then it just starts to feel like it's not helping anymore. You can choose to stop, or you can realize that you're just falling into a rut or a pattern that's not feeling good, and you can change things up. But if you want accountability through social media, you can find it. You have to reach out to like-minded people. Um, You need to find people that maybe are on similar journeys and connect with them. Look at all the people that have been on this show. Reach out to them. A lot of them wanna talk to you and not talk to you to sell you something, but talk to you just to be able to share their experience more in more detail and find out about yours and continue to learn and grow together. So it is a powerful tool if you participate. One of the things that you know comes with participating in social media, that there, there were a couple answers in my lost answers for the question box that relate to this, but it's the idea that if you're gonna share your experience on social media, don't just share the wins and the positive share your challenges. And that's hard. It might not sound like it when I just say it, but really at the end of the day, it's because the wins tend to get more likes and the bad days and the negative things and the backsliding, you know, especially in the weight loss space. Like people are going to go through periods of ups and downs. These are roller coaster journeys. You lose weight, you gain weight, you lose weight, you move a little bit further forward. And sometimes we're afraid to share when things aren't going great. We're afraid to tell people that things aren't as awesome as they appear on social media. And that is so, so hard. You know, I I found that hard at different points in my journey and I finally realized that it was just something that I can share. You know, And, and if someone doesn't like me because of choices I'm making or things that I'm sharing, then it's got nothing to do with me. So if you're out there, especially if you're struggling, you know, share it because someone else is probably going through the same thing. If there's something that you know you could be doing better and you want help with it, share it, reach out, look for that discussion. Protect yourself, but also be open to feedback and ideas and all of those things. And also realize that you don't have to share everything that you do. You know, this the, these platforms don't have to be what you do. you think about 24-7. Not everything has to be shared and curated. You know, you can take time off. You can do all of those things. I'm going to talk about taking time off, you know, as we get to the end of this, but realize that you get to choose what you share. I can give you my advice. You are going to do with that what you will, but I do want to encourage you to think about, you know, the fact that the wins help as much as the losses. The losses help just as much as the wins. So letting people know, you know, if you're struggling and what you're doing to get through that struggle can be really powerful. And helpful if that's your goal, if that's your purpose. If sharing that is something that's painful and not something you're, you're ready to do, you don't feel pressure to do it. Don't feel pressure to share anything. Again, it's always your choice. But realize that if someone's life, again, I said this earlier, seems perfect, there's probably more things going on. One of the examples I love to share is when I first started keto myself, I was following an account on, which I don't even think it's around anymore on on Instagram or not as a keto account, but they basically were sharing keto desserts every day. And it appeared to me viewing their account that they were having these, these luscious keto desserts every day. And I'm like, how are they doing this and staying on track? Like I try this and I fail at it. What are they doing to get through it? So like I reached out to them and the response I got was, oh, I don't eat those things every day. I do all my recipes on one day on Saturday. Usually I take a bite, I test them, I take pictures, and then I share it throughout the week. And honestly, (laughs) you know, my younger mind was blown by that idea that someone was, you know, creating content in advance and any of those, things. I didn't know about any of that. And now you're all probably laughing at me thinking that, you know, how naive that sounds, but Years ago, we're talking five years ago, six years ago, I just didn't know anything about that and I didn't see people talking about it. And that person also appreciated hearing that it they were making it look like that was happening. They're like, that's not my intention. You know, my intention is to share the recipes, not to make it seem like I'm having this dessert every day. So sometimes we even, you know, can learn from those experiences of, of sharing our reactions to things and being open to hearing how people react to what we share. I think something else to think about, um, in addition to social media being (laughs) an incredible place for accountability, is the fact that you can really grow community and you can build, you know, find commonality with other people. People sharing common struggles. I have so many friends that I've made on Instagram, and majority of them aren't even keto, you know. And I do have some really strong, you know, friends and bonds in the keto community too but I have some really close friends that have never thought about, you know, cutting carbs in their life, but they've gone on similar journeys to me and we've all gone through similar things and we've built these bonds and found ways to communicate and be able to support each other and being willing to not just reach out for support, but to offer support to another person I think is really important. You know, it's that idea that it it goes in two directions. Um, And honestly, you know, it takes me to kind of my next thought, which is if you build really strong connections with people online, take it offline. Meet in real life. Find those opportunities to meet people in real life. If you're traveling to someone's city for work and you know that's where they are and you want to reach out and say, hey, if you're interested, I'd love to meet for coffee. Obviously be safe. <laughs> you know, all of that. As an adult, you need to know about all that. But meeting people in real life can be a lot of fun. You know, it's realizing that those conversations you have online will can exist just as smoothly when you meet people offline. I think about going to my first KetoCon and I was almost terrified that first night, you know, the night before it started when I went to an event and saw all these people that I only interacted with online and had only been a part of my Instagram feed. And I almost held back from communicating with some people because I was just, you know, in awe and felt like, you know, do I want to intrude on them personally? And then I realized how silly that was and that, Meeting people in real life and having real discussions is a powerful part of of this process. And allowing things to start online and then grow into something in your your day-to-day life can be really awesome. You know, on the flip side of that, don't make social media your whole life. You know, obviously, if it's your business, you know, if it's something that is allowing your business to prosper, do what you need to do for that. But as an individual person, realize that the things we do offline are just as important as the things that we do online. And that checking in on likes and views and all of that um, can sometimes put you into a really negative space. So I think it's just important to have balance, like all things in life, and find ways to be inspired by the experiences you see other people having online to do things for yourself, you know, in your day-to-day life. Coming, Coming out of that, you know, moving down my list here, you know, I, like, unless social media is your business space and you're trying to build connections for a commerce reason, I would encourage you not to, sp- to spend so much of your energy tracing, chasing trends and chasing likes and chasing interactions and follows and all of those things. Like create your experience organically and allow the people that are interested in it to be interested in it. Yes, the algorithm of uh, on Instagram specifically can be messy at times and on TikTok and all those places. But realize that more numbers don't mean more anything at the, at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to just how you live as a person. So I just want to encourage you to, if you find yourself getting wrapped up in, wow, you know, my last three posts got this number of likes and this one hasn't gotten any, so I'm going to delete it. I'm going to post this again and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that that can just be a bad rabbit hole to go down. You can find yourself chasing these things that aren't about the organic connections and and responses that you're hoping to get in the social space. And with that too, realize that if your experience in the social media space is becoming something that is generating anxiety or negative feelings, it's not something that you're you're seeing drive positive things in your life, you don't have to follow all the accounts that you're following. You can curate your following list. You can curate who you allow to follow you. You can block accounts. You know, if someone's just leaving negative comments on all of your posts for some reason, which happens, honestly, you know, fake accounts and robots and those sorts of things, block them. Or if you need to take a break from seeing someone's stories because of something you're dealing with personally, that's okay. You don't even have to check out stories. You don't have to look at things. Like understand, again, you make the choices about what's important for you in the social media space. If you're finding that your mental health is getting really wrapped up in your social media, it's okay to take a break. You know, it's all still gonna be there. All of your followers are still gonna be there. All the people you follow are still gonna be there. Take a break, take care of yourself. You know, understand that sometimes space is needed for that and that it's okay. And it's not something you even have to dramatically announce or anything along those lines. Like, it can just be you decide you need to take a couple days. I've seen friends that have gotten really wrapped up and gotten into that negative space with social media. And they started taking the weekends off social or the weekdays off social. And have found really great relief, you know, on their end. If that's something that can help you, do it. And again, this goes back to my statement earlier. I'm not saying this is something that everyone should do or everyone has to do, but I'm saying if it's something you've thought about, don't ever let the fear of missing out on social media be something that holds you back from taking care of yourself. It is there to be a positive influence in your life, and if it starts to become negative, it's okay to step away. Much in the same way, and I think this can happen too, you know, sometimes in the weight loss space, but more so in the greater social space, you know, if you're finding yourself really... Anxious and upset and commenting on every post about a certain topic, and you're just you're putting you realize you're contributing to some of the negativity out there and you don't want to continue to do that, sometimes it's okay to hold your opinion back. You know, I think one of the things that social media fosters in us is this sense of uber importance of our opinions. Like, even <laughs> even this episode, like, who am I to talk about all of these things? Like, um, you know, that's the platform that's here, but really at the end of the day. You can disagree with everything that I've said so far on this episode, and that's completely 100% okay. If you find yourself in that place where you're just feeling like you have to comment on everything and you have to share your opinion, and if people don't listen to your opinion, that they're wrong and you start to have negative feelings about them, that's time to take a breather. That's time to sit back and say, whoa, you know, what's going on? Why am I so wrapped up in this? Like, take take a deep breath, you know, and realize that you're going to be okay regardless, and you know. Come back to it when you want to come back to it. But taking care of yourself and also realizing being a respectful member of a community is really important. So how do we, how do we end talking about how healthy social media is? I encourage you to take a break. Um, if you need it, do it. But really, we, we've gone through a lot in this episode. You know, it, it, in some ways, I know it's been rambly. So I, I hope you'll appreciate that. You know, we haven't had a solo one in a while. Uh, But I did want to get through some of my thoughts and share some of your thoughts. And as always, I am so interested to hear what you think. So if you haven't yet, connect with me on Instagram at Gourmet Connect with me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. Email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And, you know, participate. Don't participate. Like I said today, the choice is always yours. You know, it's always in your hands. But what I would love for you to do, my friends, is... Go out there today and do something to amaze yourself, because you're the most amazing people that I know. And then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. And hey, Patreons, don't worry, there's going to be a show for you today too.